good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Ongakadu, the podcast where three friends come together and break down what's new in the Japanese music industry. This is the podcast for the week of December 31st, 2021. I'm your host, Ken, and with me we have Luna. Hello, everyone. Ginky. Oh, Ginky's indeed. And Gray. What's happening, dudes? Yo, yo, yo. And um, as we probably will, by the time this episode releases, Happy New Year's, you guys. Happy New Year's. Yeah, Happy New Year's to you guys, too. Hope you have a wonderful day. And uh, me and my wife are just going to probably keep it quiet around the house, but hope you guys have fun. I am dead tired currently. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it sounds like you need to to rest up for the party later. I can't. I have work. Like, literally, as soon as this episode ends, I have to work, and then I don't finish till 6 p.m. <laughs> because this is the end of the year, there are some things that I need to go over. And, uh, obviously, we're not going to be doing what we've been listening to, because the whole thing of what we've been listening to will probably add into our list. But, as it is the end of the year, you know, Oricon always does this big list of all their sales and all their things... So, let's see what actually hit the top ranking. So, they did they did a, something a little bit different this year. They didn't do total amount of sales earned, which is really interesting. As, I guess, because of the fact that this year was probably a stinker because of the pandemic and stuff like that. They didn't want to show the total amount of sales. But... What's very interesting for singles is Johnny's had ruled the top three spots. You want to take a crack at which is the the three song releases that took the top? Uh, I'm trying to think of what what could be would I, I'm one is a my, very say... one is a very recent addition. Is it Johnny's was something new? No, I would say within uh, within a month or so. The snowman song. Which snowman song? Hold on. Uh, I know we covered a couple, and is it Secret Touch? Yeah, I think that is their latest. Yeah, that sounds right. No, it is not Secret Touch. Snowman had released three other singles along with that. One was literally at the beginning of the year. So yeah, in I would be, I would be, I wouldn't put it past you guys if you forgot it. I, I yeah. Grandor. Grandor was it the first one, and the other song was during my hiatus. Yeah, I I remember I remember they had one that came out in like June or July, and it was I don't remember the name of it though, at all. So it was Grandor, yeah. and then it was Hello, Hello. That, yeah, I was getting there. So that took number one and number two, respectively. Snowman just ruled the charts at number one and number two. Number three, though, is, you guys haven't guessed it yet, it's a very recent edition. Stone Song? Would it, it be Naniwa Danshi? Yes, it is. Naniwa Danshi took third. Yes! Go Ubu Love! Go Ubu Love! <laughs> 
granted, Snowman is probably their biggest money winner right now, which is understandable. They also, Snowman has also did another record with this. They are the second consecutive artist, male artist, to have sold over a million copies of a single. So Kissing My Lips and Story back in July of 2020 also sold a million copies. They are the first male artist to do it in over 22 years since the rock band Lay Ark and Seal. Oh wow! I I I've got to be honest. Like I knew that I like I knew that Snowman had a big year, and I knew that they had like three releases, and I like I remember liking all three of them, but I don't rem- I didn't realize like they had such a huge year like this. So, I knew Grand, I knew Grandeur sold very very well. I didn't think it sold that well, but I, I knew it sold very well because I was on the episodes where Hello was on. I knew that Hello Hello stuck on for at least two weeks, so that probably helped its initial push. So there's that. Now, going on, continuing on to the albums here. Stab in the Dark, which artist do you think took first for albums? BTS. It would be, to me, it's either BTS or Seventeen. One of those two. I'm really thinking and trying to think, like, what? Because I feel like Seventeen was on there all the time, but they weren't super big numbers. But they did hang on there for quite some time. I'm going to say Yawasobi. So... Gray is correct. It is BTS. Oh. With the dominating performance yes. of selling over 900,000 copies domestically in Japan throughout the year. Wow. And it's, the, it's BTS the best, specifically. They mm. also became the first international artist since Michael Jackson's Thriller album back in 1984, taking um, the, the number one spot for a domestic international... For a Japanese domestic market. So, you want to take a stab at which one was number two and three? They're they're a Japanese artist. Oh, I'm with Luna because the reason I said seventeen was I remember for a like seventeen had like a couple of releases Mm -hmm. and they weren't big, but man, they were on the top ten a lot, and so that's why I was like, that's why it was like it's either BTS or seventeen. In my mind, uh, and I and the only reason I said BTS is because I just know I just know how big the army is, and so I was kind of leaning on that a bit, and like yeah, let's let's lean on the army a bit, and I, I think I think it'd be seventeen or uh, BTS, uh, but I'm trying to think of a group. I'm gonna say Yasobi with the book, um, or I think King and Prince had an album drop this year. Mm-hmm. Both of you are wrong on those. Yes. <laughs> wrong, wrong, not correct. You guys are both wrong on the albums. I know. I, I know. know, and I'm still trying I'm, to think I'm just, of... I'm just glad I'm not, I'm not the only one wrong. Yeah. <laughs> There's many reasons why I'll say yes. Uh, not, all, not all of them are good. Um, I'm trying to think. J-O-1? No. No. I, I'm... I'm we just talked about one of them ten minutes ago. Oh, then it had to be Snowman. Oh, yeah, because their album came out in December, correct? Or was that January last year? 
Nope. It I came know they had an album come out. It came out in fall, actually. It was Snowmania okay. S1. Now, what do you think took number three? I'm trying to think of an artist that might have had a big release this year. Uh, They're joining at the hip, drawing. these two. Oh, that has to be Stones. Stones. Yes. Stones, the first, took number three. Now, <laughs> for digital singles, this is the last one. This is for digital singles. What do you think took the number one digital hit this year? You just have to Order really by think. BTS. You have to really think. Domestically in Japan. Mm. If it was international numbers, I would probably would think it would be BTS. BTS okay. is nowhere on this list. Okay, since this is <sighs> since this is Japan, uh, it has to be a Yasuobi one. Uh, I'm just gonna be honest. Because they have not at number one. Okay. Yuri Dry Flower. Yes, Yuri Dry Flower dominated the charts yes. by yes. downloads being downloaded over four hundred fifty thousand times. So over the course of the year of twenty twenty, through through the second year here. Yeah. Now, when, when you said we have to really think about, because my first thought was Yasobi, and when you said you have to think about it, I was like, okay, it's not Yasobi, because <laughs> because that's just a. So that, that's, what do you think took two and three though? Uh, Kaibutsu uh, has to be two or three. Ironically, Kaibutsu is not two or three, but it is needs it needs to be counted as another list or another topic or another award, I should say. Because mm. uh, let's see. All right, so if Dry Flower was number one. Um, Be- uh, Beetlejuice. No, mm, no, because uh, that I know that one's been hot as of late. This particular artist at number two is someone that we all don't like or have a problem with at one point or another. It's and Niju. The field. <laughs> Niju. It's Niju and uh. No, it's God, not. I they it's, it's it's not Niju. Oh. Okay. It is a solo vocalist that we have a problem with specifically. Uh, it wouldn't be Aimeon. I mean, we have a, like a couple of issues with her late. No, her and she hasn't had late. that many releases. She, that this hit. particular artist has a specific tone and vocal way Utada? of singing. It. No. Utada's latest one. She actually had a couple hit the, the yeah, charts. Yeah, but we, we all haven't had a full problem with it because some of us really oh. did like him over others. Yeah, yeah. It was released originally back in 2020. So it's more likely on an album. Mm. Or a EP. Even the name mm. of this particular song is more of a saying than an actual word. <laughs> I, I, The more hints you give me, the more you lose me. <laughs> so I have no idea. This person is a digital creator. Yama? Oh, no, I bet it's Ado. Yes, it and is Odo. Odo by Odo. It's Ado. And I'm thinking it's Odo. No, it's not Odo. It, no. That was this year. That was this year. It is Usewa. Usewa. Ugh. I forgot about that song because I did not like it. 
<laughs> I, I, I forgot Usewa too. Um, and this particular cause... song, we all have a problem with it because it was the start of her singing style that really got her famous, and then she started using it over and over and over again. Yeah. Now, third is easy. You just gotta think about what song is number three. Mm, okay, so let's see. Let's go over it. So let's see. Given the conversation, the way we've been talking so far, I, I'm gonna assume that uh, this song is also a hangover from 2020. Uh, Yoroni Kakidu by Yao Sobi. Yes, it is. Now, when you said kai- you don't have to think about it, I'm like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Kaibutsu is very interesting because it's the only top, it's the top song in the digital track that was released in 2021. All three tracks from the top three was released last year in 2020. So Kaibutsu takes the cake on that. Gotcha. So... Congratulations to all the artists if they so happen to be listening to this. <laughs> and I love doing these games. <laughs> so, also, you, you like to make me work. Yes. In the morning. You to, I need you need to think if I ain't sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> so, there was another thing that we did way back in the beginning of the year and it is our predictions podcast of how we thought 2021 was going to be. Now, (laughs) this was a very interesting, going back to it and looking at these questions and what we thought was going to happen in 2021 was very interesting. (laughs) So I'll do, I'll do one from us from each. So the first one that I originally thought was going to happen is we're going to see a breakout artist come out and lead the way for Reiwa era. That could be very point of view because there has been a lot of digital creators and artists that have been on the boom. So I don't know if you would count that as a lead for the Rewa or not. Well, also, I, I would say it really just depends on how you view that because I will say that, uh, you know, music's so fragmented and genre. I think there's been like a. Like you said, I think there's been like a couple of breakout groups or, or people, just depending on like the genre and stuff, that that will lead the way in in the Rewa. Uh, just it's not uh, it not just it's just I think it's for it's specific very, genres. If that it's, makes sense, it's very point of view and it's very specific. Now I could say that that. Yuri could be it, Yao Sobi could be it, but we don't know because also we don't know how long Reiwa is going to last. Reiwa could end in 5 years or it could end in 25 years from now. The the time that would probably be the artist that would lead the way, so to speak. You know, not to put a, a, a expiration date on these artists, who knows what the future has in store for them in about 3 to 5 years time. Mm-hmm. So, I, I'm not too sure on that. I'll, I would give myself a half point, but I don't know. Are we in agreement on that? <laughs> I, I think that's fair. Yeah, and okay. I'm still debating on who it, who it actually it would be, to be honest. Yes. I don't remember who I cho- chose. Okay. Gray's first 
um, prediction is Dice does well. That's a very, very... It's a very to-the-point uh, prediction. And to be precise, they had a fan-freaking-tastic year with one album yes. release, three digital releases, with, the, with their latest release becoming the opening theme song for Common Writer. So, yes. which is a big series. So, there's a full point there. There's no really argument for that. <laughs> yes, I leaned on my boys, and they did not disappoint. <laughs> so, the first prediction that Luna made was a fairly safe one as well. Um, it is Nishinokana will not come back due to due to family issues or having a family, and. I'll, I'll give you the full point for this. She did not come back. We don't know the reasons because we haven't heard it from her. <laughs> no, I can't see her coming back for a while, to be honest. Okay, so the second one that I did is if the Olympics do happen, which it did, Arashi will form again and this will be their last performance. <laughs> Arashi it has a... no presence within the Olympics besides hosting. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was a noble prediction. I, I was right in line with you if I because I'm I'm remembering that specific one. I was like, yeah, I think he's right. I think he's right. I, and I was like, it's it's a noble prediction, but yeah, it's swinging a miss. It's okay. I'm certain I missed a lot of mine too. The second one that you predicted, Gray, was. LOL will drop a new album either in the summer or the spring. Unfortunately, they only release singles. So that, that that's a big O for you on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, 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 I was really hoping LOL would have a big year, and they actually had a very quiet year in, in, in all retrospect. And I, I think, uh, you know, as big as a fan as I am, like you'll when we do our top five, you're going to notice something not there because it's been there every year. Because it's like, well, you know, there's not there's not really not much here, so, yeah. And continuing on with the Olympic theme that we had here, for your second prediction, Luna, it was Namie would be involved some way, somehow, in the Olympics. And I, I would have to laugh at that, because same as Arashi, she was not involved in the Olympics in any way. Well, nope. Arashi was somewhat involved with the Olympics as hosting, but uh, for, for broadcasting purposes. But Nami was not even involved in the slightest. No. So. There's that. Uh, Gray's in... Um, uh, both you and Gray are in the lead with one point. I only have half. Okay, um, the third prediction that I made was one of the top idol groups will fold. That's also very difficult to keep track of. There has been a lot of graduations, but none of the big idol groups that I would consider a big idol group has folded. Now, if I were to make this prediction for 2023, then I'd probably be correct, but... <laughs> Well, it does help that a major idol group has already announced that they're folding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but even so, even so, if I was yeah, making yeah. a prediction for 2023, so. Yeah, yeah, no, you're good. You're good. So for your third prediction here, Gray, is Daichi Miura will have a great year as well. Unfortunately, he only released one original single back in April, but he also had three collab releases not so much a breakout year for him this tw this year of 2021. 
Yeah, I, I, I that was uh, I was really hoping Daichi would just really come out with something because you know I felt like he he had had like a like I I I know 2020 was a slow year for everyone <laughs> and stuff, but I felt like his 2019 was a little lackluster too. And I was like, oh well, you you know, I thought he would be involved in the Olympics, and so I was like, well, you know, he he might be involved in the Olympics. He might be trying to time a album release or something like that. And so that that's where my head was at when I made that prediction. Uh, ob- obviously, it, it did not come true. And yeah, he only had the one song. Although I think I added it to my library, even though I I don't remember it off the top of my head what it was. Uh, it was still, a song with I, ironically. <laughs> Oh, in the middle. Oh, yeah, that was really yeah, good. Yeah, in the middle. That's a good song. That's a good song. So yeah, yeah. It, you know, it is what it is. But you know, I I don't know if I'll make the same prediction next year. But I'm always hoping that um, Daichi does good. So uh, I'll say that much. And then for your third prediction here, Luna, it was that the artist Miwa will have a studio album release in 2021. She did not have any releases in 2021. <laughs> so there's that. Mm-hmm. I thought she released one thing, but it didn't make the charts. So for my fourth prediction, I said that this is also kind of kind of to the point here. Our um, point of view thing kind of thing is I said that there will be a new artist joining the fold of this year and will have a very breakout year. Now, I don't know if I would want... I, I, I think I would accept this one because it would be Nani Ni Wadanshi because they did debut and made top three in sales. So... Oh, that that was my that that was the group that went to my head when when you said that when you read that off. I was like, I, I, I like Naniwa Dunshi. I think would qualify because uh, they had they had a they had a. I mean, I mean, if that's not a breakout success, I I don't know what is. You know what I'm saying? Like like that that is a fan debut release number three for the year, and they they just dropped. Like that is that is amazing, uh, and kudos to to, to them. Okay, so uh, I I will be able to get that point for that, right? <laughs> I, 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 I point you. Yeah. I point okay. you. Yep. Okay. So for Gray's fourth prediction is Gray's Artist of the Year will be LOL. And I won't say who it is, but it unfortunately it wasn't LOL. <laughs> No, man, and had I remembered, had I remembered this whole thing, I could have so cheated and been like, yeah, LOL is my artist of the year. (laughs) So this particular one for your prediction, Luna, was very interesting because we all also chipped in on this. So your fourth prediction was... Avex will be losing a will be in significant trouble this year because we are going off rumors from the end of last year and will mm-hmm. lose several artists. You said a fourth of Avex total total artist list would be lost, while me and Gray said one eighth. Unfortunately, that is not public knowledge. 
No, it isn't. In fact, they I even really... signed people. <laughs> yeah, I I haven't seen anyone anyone lost. I think Bowmoon was the only one, and they were in 2020. I kind of thought like Old Sky or Meiji or Kodokumi would go, but they all released stuff this year under Avix. Yeah, and they all had an anniversary year too. Yep. So. So yeah, that was um. I mean, who knew? Because we really didn't yeah, know yeah. the state of Avix. Yeah, that was my knew? fault for making such a weird prediction. So, I, I mean, I I feel like the writing was on the wall, though. I I don't I don't think it's a, a was a bad prediction because I mean there was a lot of stuff coming out about you know different artists leaving and you know them having financial trouble. I think it was in the moment. I think that was a really well thought out prediction. It just didn't pan out and i i would i would argue that they actually wound up having one of their better years yeah but yeah it's just weird how how it goes sometimes Mm -hmm. so we also did that that was the formal end of our predictions i think i think i'm in the lead by a point or by half a point here because we all got one now you guys got two weeks to think of what is going to happen with this year's for 2022. Yeah. I will put a caveat because we shouldn't do artists of the years because I don't want to cheat. No, we shouldn't. No, we shouldn't. Well, because I don't know you why could you also get away you, with that last year. You could also forget and then honestly be like, oh, kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah because i forgot i forgot that i said lol would be my artist of the year like 182 percent and like like i said i didn't i mean i was honest and i put my artist of the year and i was like oh i actually forgot that i had them uh, i will we'll get to it but yeah well that's why i asked if you guys remembered yeah. a month back so <laughs> i honestly if- didn't remember who my artist was i had to go I had to go back and look to make sure I didn't pick the same one. Yeah, but no, no, but I asked. Let's just you, say I didn't go back and look. <laughs> yeah, no, not even for that. But I asked you guys if you remembered your predictions. That's the only reason why I asked. So, but yeah, this was a fun game, <laughs> and I guess it I'll, was actually. I'll... So now to our main event here. It is our top song of the years. So. Let's go. Let's go with the order of Gray Luna Me then. So Gray, why don't you tell us your fifth top, your number five song of the year? Yeah, no, um, happily. So this this is a song I, I haven't talked a whole lot about throughout the year. If you pay attention to the Ongaku Go, it made an appearance there. Uh, but other than that, I really haven't talked about it. And I had um, I actually had another song in the top five, and it was pointed out to me that that song came out last year and said this year. So I was like, cool. And so I, I axed it and added this song instead. Uh, and that is uh, Kareto Watashi no Hondana by Aina the End, which is on her Nice Show album, uh, Nice Show EP. Uh, it's the second track, and I, I, I love this track. It's so full of, it's a, it's full of heart. It's this 
charming, wonderful track that's sung. It's upbeat. It's really well done. Ina's got a very unique vocal style, and she really she's really known for a particular style because Ina the End, if you don't know, is a member of Bish. And Bish has a very distinct style. And every time like you hear Ina, even in the group, like Ina stands out kind of like a sore thumb. Like every time she's singing, you know it's her. And and so uh this track right here just kind of came out of left field for me. I was I wasn't expecting it at all. And it's really good. This is something that is not in her traditional style at all. This is very much a unique style to her well not unique well yeah unique to her like she's not this is a very poppy track and i just i did i really wound up liking it it's definitely a lot of fun i've had this song on repeat for a while and i had kind of forgot about it throughout the year and i was and and when we started doing the top songs of the year and i went back and looked through my playlist i found this i was like oh yeah i love this song and I've kind of been listening to it on repeat since December hit. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, like I've I've, just, I've had it on repeat for a while now, and I I just absolutely love this song, and it is just an absolute joy to listen to. Uh, but what did you think about it, Luna? So for me, who does not like Bish, I'm one of the odd people out. I just couldn't get into them. I actually enjoyed. I thought it was actually very well done. I liked Ina, Ina the End's vocals in it. And I, I actually felt like it was a very solid track and it was fun. I also, it also made me want to check out some of her other songs in general because I know I'm very hit or miss on her. Or on Bish. Oh, I, I honestly, I'm always a miss on Bish. But... Actually, made me want to listen to Aina, Aina the End and check out more of her music because I found this very enjoyable. Yeah, and I guess I'll uh, take the baton oh. pass from there. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, can I interject something real quick? Uh, yeah. Just just to let you you know, Luna, I, I've been meaning to check out more of her work too because because I now I've listened to her Nice Show album and she's had other releases since then. I haven't checked them out. Uh, but I will say this song is an, it's not her typical style song. Uh, like, like Nice Show, a, a lot of the tracks on Nice Show are kind of similar to her work in, in Bish. I'm not going to, I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, so, so this, this that's what, one reason why this song really stood out to me is because it is so different from her work from Bish. Uh, she doesn't have too many tracks. She has a couple, but she doesn't have too many tracks that are radically different from her time in Bish. Uh, so just, I just want to let you know, if you check her out, you you may, you may like, like oh, there was like this one song. I don't want to talk you out of checking her out because uh, I think it's worth the time to check her out. But uh, just, just be aware, like her, a lot of her music is definitely still in that Bish flavor. Gotcha. Sorry, I wanted I wanted to go ahead and address that um, while it was relevant. Go on, Ken. What did you think of um, I Know the End's song? Yeah, so for me, Kareto Watashi no Hondana, you know, while I haven't really listened to I Know the End's solo work, I'm actually pretty surprised by this release. You know, 
a lot a lot of things actually really stood out to me the base of this composition really really stood out to me and it meshed so well with Aina's vocals and that's also kind of the case with this producer of uh, Shingo Suzuki and he done amazing work with the overall production of this and it's such a great way to show off Aina's other side so to speak from Bish which unfortunately she'll have to do starting from 2023 at some point in the year but I was really thankful for this release and you know I'm used to hearing Bish's style so that's why I was kind of hesitant on hearing her solo work but I'm thankful that you know she's at least experimenting and doing something a little bit more traditional idol well, hopefully, I, I hope that this doesn't stick because what makes her work really makes her work. But it is a good breath of fresh air, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. And it is, I, I'll, it's nice to see her mix it up a bit and, you know, kind of just like try something new and unique. And I, I like I, I think uh, Kareto Watashi no Hondana worked really well in that regard it just is something that really ref- like like i said it really in my mind it really put her in like a new light because because you see a side of her that you don't typically see and you really see her tackle a song style bish would never drop a song like this at all uh and it, it's you know it wouldn't it be what bish it is, at but, that point <laughs> yeah no no it would be a completely different group but it it's it's still it's just nice to see this side of Ina and it works so well. I just yeah. Uh, I'm glad you like I'm glad both of you guys like this track a lot cuz like I said it's it, it's it's really good and I I've, I like I said, I've listened to it a lot since December. It's just been on on my repeat shortlist. I absolutely love it. It's so good. So with that what about your number 5 track? So my number five track, and being honest, this was difficult because there were two ones it could have been. It was Ego by Yayoi Diamond. And big surprise, everyone knew she was going to be on the list at some point. And she had three songs this year, and I absolutely loved all three. And it was honestly either Ego or Top Gal. But I went with Ego because I probably listened to this one the most and it's a little bit more not as in your face than Top Gal. And I was going to say, thank goodness. <laughs> so, I mean, I like that this one, she does take a little bit of a different style than some of her other works because depending on what she does, she does mix it up. And I like that this was more of a darker song for her. And it has more of a pop rock feel with the hip hop flair. So I, to me, it felt like it was kind of a fusion track for her more than her usual obvious hip hop reggae R&B style. So I, I absolutely love the lyrics, the composition, the vocal and the rap. I honestly think that was one of the big full for me. And I mean, this could easily be interchanged with a couple of my runners up songs because I had a few, but Ego was probably one of my favorite tracks she's released this year, not overall. And, I mean, it has been on my playlist constantly since it was released in June. 
And I kind of already know your guys' feelings on this, but Ken, why don't you go ahead? <laughs> I haven't had a good chuckle in a long time in the last couple weeks, but when I heard Ego, <laughs> oh boy, the chuckles came right back. Now, that's nothing to say anything bad about Yaoi Diamond. Like, she is always an artist that I really appreciate because. She, you know, like what you say, Gray, when I find a artist that I initially cannot get into, I find it as a challenge because I want to see what makes them tick and what makes them not work for me, so to speak. And she's probably from out of your guys' always Bernander of artists that you guys always talk about. Uh, she's probably up there as one of the more difficult artists that I have difficulty getting into. And Ego is one of those tracks that really prove that point, that I'm not really going to be falling in love with her. And while I completely understand the reasons why a lot of people, Luna especially, would love this particular side of her, it does not really mesh of what I want for a female artist. And that's un that that's unfortunate as of right now with this. And I can see that for you. I know you liked her her more laid back songs like "Chill Like a Midnight" versus more ego that's a little bit more in your face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my my thoughts really are really kind of in line with what Ken was saying. Uh, like it's, I will say I'm glad Yaoi Diamond definitely has. Has had a good year. She's had a lot of releases, but uh, at the same time, like ego, it's. I, I think for me, this song is just a. Even though it's not as in your face as maybe some of her other releases, this is still really in your face. At least to me, it is, and it's just. It's just not what I'm looking for in in music. I I, I know there's a market for it, and I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with it. It's just not for me. Uh, but I'm glad she's had a good year overall, and uh, I I remember when we covered Yaoi Diamond, like she she has really good vocals, and so you know I'm glad to see that she's doing well, and you know I hope you know she keeps powering on. Yeah, and I can see that because Gray, I remember you liked her her early stuff like Best Friend because it's a lot more chill as well, and you know more vocal heavy than like Ego is more more rap oriented but more in your face type rap so yeah yeah and that, that's just I've, I've always been in the um boat where it's like you know i like i like it where it's like you know it's like goes with the song and it smooths and stuff like that uh the in your face rap it it like i said there's a market for it but this has never been for me sort of thing but yeah no uh, Still, uh, it's a solid song overall. Like, I, it may not be for me, but I can recognize the quality of it. It's pretty good. So yeah, I guess I'll continue on to my number five track of the year. And that would have to be Flower by Tendre. Now, this is a mainstay track off of his Image album that was released back in September. And Tendre's transition into major label was very interesting while a good a lot of songs 
off of his release of his major label debut and including you know imagine his album was fairly his style flower really stood out to me as as one of those songs that i just had to listen to the piano composition work is probably one of the strongest i ever heard from him in a long time and i feel like it became more of a personal matter for him when he was writing this song and while it is fairly slow and it's not the most bombastic and standoffish track off his album i find myself a lot drawn to this because it's a very simplistic song and upon every listen i end up falling in love with it more and more So what did you guys think of this? I, I'm pretty sure in our pre-show talk that I'm the only one that pretty liked this song. So I, I knew this particular song would be a little bit difficult to get into. Let's start with you, Gray. Yeah, so for me, uh, Flower, it's one of those songs, I don't know how I feel about it. And I, I, I remember seeing that in the beginning, and I, I will remain in that kind of I, I don't know. This is a very interesting song. There's things about it that I really like, uh, and, and like I like the piano. I I love like the soft brass work that's done in it. I think it's a really it, like there's a lot of tender and emotion uh, in this song, and not trying to make a pun on his name at all, but you know there there you hear it in his vocals and his vocal work is done really really well the 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 sticking point to the song is its speed it, it's so slow i i i i will say it's also pretty short and and that's like the other saving grace that the song has is it's slow but it doesn't drag out for too long so it's one of those songs where it's it's got a lot of things in it i really like there's a couple of points that i'm like and I'm not saying that this needs to be, you know, BTS jump beat. You know what I'm saying? But just, just, just a little bit, just, just ever so slightly, like three or four more BPM. I think I would have liked this a little bit more. Um, let it clip just a smidge more than what it does. But I think if even then, I think it might would be out of Tendre style. Because uh, he's well, definitely known for that this, laid back this style. This particular song is out of his style, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. he does more of the uppity mid tempo fusion that's style true. tracks. And that's yeah. why I fell in love with this song because, you know, this is more of a ballad song. Yeah. So. Yeah. And. Yeah, I, I guess, I, the the I, reason I, why I also think it's kind of slower, too, is because it's just him doing all of this <laughs> yeah but but i mean it's a great track like i said there's a lot of really good stuff about it to really like is it, like i said my sticking point is this is how slow it is it's so slow but it i i i understand why you stuck it on your list ken and there is definitely a lot to appreciate about this track like i said it's one of those things and the more I listen to it, the more I'm, it's kind of winning me over. I, 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 I'm not, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of it at the moment. But if I keep listening to it, I think I could see myself adding it to my playlist. It just, it just depends. Uh, it, it but 
it's a good track overall. I, I would I would be lying if I said less than that. So it is definitely a, a good track, and I'm glad you picked it. So for me, I I wanted to like it because I really want to like Tendre as I love his compositions, but Flower just wasn't for me. I couldn't get into it. I... I mean, it is a slower, chill track, but I don't know what it was about it, but it's like, I liked the piano composition in it, but I just, I don't know. Maybe I need to listen to the album as a whole and see how it stands out compared to the other tracks. Oh, it's one of the last songs on the album as well, and that's also probably, well, it was originally released as a single release, and then it was the st- it was the end part of the album. So as an end part of the album, it probably works fairly well. But the thing is also, one of the th- things that I actually love, because I know that you particularly like his more modern style now, yes. Kendra's more modern style. And the reason why I did not choose a song about that, it... it, it how I originally had my list. If Flower wasn't going to be on it, it was going to be Endless, which is his collapse on with Syrup. And at the time when I was making my list, Syrup was originally on that, so I could not do that. <laughs> because that particular song is also fairly Tendre style, but I could see a couple hymns and haws from, from both sides, either from you or from Grey of it. So, and I wanted to like Flower. I just, I just felt like it was for me. Maybe I just wasn't in the mood for that type of track because it is a very slow track, and I did feel like his vocals dragged out a little bit. And even though it was a short song, it felt like it went on longer than it really did. And I yeah, think that might have compl- been I ca- my... And I completely understand that because at certain times I think that it's a four to five minute song. But no, it's only three minutes. It's, it's, it's squeaking by at three minutes. <laughs> so, but I, I'm glad you put it on there because it got me to go back and check it out again. So, But yeah, with that, let's continue on to your number four track here, Gray. So why don't you go ahead? Yeah, so my number four track comes from an artist who is a re- recent introduction in my life and uh, in... I, I've fallen in love with him over uh, the past couple of months. Uh, in fact, uh, Ken keeps threatening, uh, not threatening, but keep, keeps saying he needs to get me the body pillow. <laughs> and that's Chirose's uh, Romeo and Juliet and. And because the way that it, it, it looks in the single is it's supposed to be like Romeo and Juliet and Shirose. It's kind of like, like what he's doing. But the name of the track is just Romeo and Juliet and. So, yeah, this I, I love this track. I will go ahead and warn you. Don't, don't watch the music video. For this. Oh, God, don't. Oh, God, please. Do, not, God. do, do, do yourself a favor and just listen to the track. <laughs> <by itself. laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it is. Like I absolutely this, love this song. It, this is so this is one of those but, tracks. This is one of those no. tracks that 
not having the music video actually, or having the music video actually hinders the, the track it, overall. It, it doesn't like like you you look at the music video and you look at the imagery of the music video and you you expect one song and then you you hear it and it's this soft peaceful beautifully sung ballad that just really pulls you in and and I'm like I don't know well I mean I know what they were doing with that music video because I know like Shirose's got an image. And he maintains it well, but uh, at the same time, I was like, I I did not like that music video at all. It's very not in in the tone of the song, to put it lightly. So, uh, but this is a like I said, a wonderful track, and I think Shirose just killed it. This song came out only a month or two ago. This is like end of November uh, or end of October, beginning November, kind of in that time period. Uh, so this is like really, really recent, but man, I've had it on repeat since it dropped. And a funny thing is, is the first time I, I heard it, I was on YouTube and they had just dropped the music video for it and I checked it out. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I love this song. I'm never watching this music video again at all. So it, it's, and I, like I said, I've listened to the song. I, I can't tell you how many times uh, I, I've loved it. And it is just an absolute blast. So uh, I, I don't know. I've been talking about a lot on the show on the weekly basis anyway, so I don't know how much work. Honestly, uh, go check it out if you haven't. It is a wonderful track. Don't don't let the uh, image uh, that is this uh, Shirose and, and that music video kind of ruin it for you because it's, it's a different piece. Uh, but Luna, what did you think of Romeo and Juliet? And so. I didn't want to listen to it for a while because you wouldn't shut up about it. And I'm just going to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) And this kind of forced me to listen to it. That's fair. That's 100% fair. I don't don't blame you. And it was actually pretty good. I think Shidose's vocals were very nice. It It was actually a pretty solid track. I will say that cover, the the single artwork, well... Uh, there's some things going on in that single artwork that kind of makes me. I was, uh, I was gonna say, I, I think it's more for you, Luna, than me. Yeah, me but I don't Grant. like muscly guys. Oh, all right, I got a keg I, I, right here, man. I, I, I mean, I mean, the album, the album art is just like a sampler of what goes on in that music video. I'm sure it is, and looking at that, I'm just like, well, I did not watch the music video. I probably f- would feel like I was watching porn or a dirty movie, you know. If I, I felt violated watching that music video. Well, well, looking at that cover, you know, it gives you that feel. Yeah. But I mean, the but the song is is good. I do recommend people checking it out. I think Shido Se is a fantastic <clears throat> vocalist and knows how to pretty much make that work in his songs. And the composition's really good too. And what about you, Ken? Besides my random jeering of this song <laughs> about the music video, now. I figured that White Jam or someone in that group adjacent would be on your list, Gray. Now, I was very surprised how much I actually love this song. Say what I will about my gripes with White Jam overall. When you separate them and you do a front and center song about a specific member, it really helps. And Shirose being that front and center helps that track it really does because nothing seems to be out of match or missing 
from this banger of a track. And it's honestly one of my favorite songs off your list. While this might not change my feelings for White Jam overall, this hella wants me to hear a lot of their solo work a tad bit more. Yeah, and, and I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, now Shirose is the only one I found on Apple Music. I haven't I haven't found Nikki or Gashima on Apple Music. I'll, I'll be honest, I haven't gone and looked for them either. Uh, how I found White Jam was I was going to cover Shirose and found White Jam and found that he was discovered that he was a member of White Jam, and that's why I just covered White Jam uh, instead of Shirose. But uh, yeah, uh, Shirose. To me, is always like I like Gashima's rap and I like Nikki's vocals, but to me, the Shirose has always been the standout of the group. I just love his vocals, and he has. I really, part of me kind of likes like he has like this one image, and then like his music is kind of opposite of that. I mean, in some Let's, ways it's not, but in some ways if, it is. If, if you guys never know what Shirose looks like, just imagine <laughs> if you guys know what who Mayavi is, and you know that. That's pretty much it, except he's not doing rap and not doing hardcore rock or anything like that. He's doing yeah. pop and R&B. <laughs> <laughs> it's the wildest thing. It is the absolute wildest thing. Uh, and my, uh, like, my, like, yeah, I, I love Shirose's vocals, and uh, I'm glad you liked. Uh, I'm glad you liked it, Ken. I, w- I wasn't expecting this track to be near the top of my picks, but I'm, I'm, I'm still glad you liked it because it was. Uh, one one of those things where it's like I, I honestly thought I was going to catch some flack but I was like man Greg can't you like branch out a bit more and I'm like yeah but this song is really I mean, good I mean that still holds here but the fact that you know I, I gotta just deal with it kind of thing yeah that's true but yeah this this was a good this was a, this was yeah this is like I said this has been on my rotation and honestly if it came out earlier in the year I think it'd be even higher than four I'm not gonna because, like I said, this dropped a month and a half, two months ago. Uh, and if it dropped in February or March, I think I would it would be even higher. It might even be my song of the year. It's it's just so well done. And 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 like I said, in that short time, I've listened to it north of 50 times. Just like if, if I'm getting in the car and making a short drive like i'll just put on romeo and juliet and and listen to it it's such a great song so i'm glad you guys liked it and uh i i don't know if i have much more to add to that thank you guys with that let's continue on to your number four track here luna yeah so my number four track and a lot of these could be intertwined to be honest after one but i'm just gonna go with what i did it is I featuring Yellow Bucks, The Moment. And this song has literally been on repeat in my playlist since it was released. I am a big fan of I, and I think this year she has just showcased the amount of releases she and she also did she did in the middle with Daichi. She has a new track as well, Alderium. And then the other one, or Aldebaran, and she also did one of my other favorite tracks, the remix came out this year, which was not so different, featuring a witch. And I think the moment is, the moment for sure, with Yellow Bucks, is my 
favorite song of hers she's released this year. But A Witch has put so many good tracks out this year. I mean, I has put so many good tracks out this year that I have just been blown away. And I am very glad to see her coming back up and showing her talent because I have loved her since her track story. And even before that, she's a talented vocalist. And the moment shows what she can do and that she is excellent at hip-hop. She's not just an R&B vocalist. She also still has that hip-hop feel going for her. And the composition for the moment is just brilliant. Her vocals match amazingly. And Yellow Bucks just adds to the moment and it wouldn't be the same without him and this is this is just by far one this is yellow book's best track to be honest because of his rap flows so well with eyes vocals oh, yeah. flows so no. well with the composition i, I mean, totally agree i totally agree on your sentiment that you know this is probably even even on his solo work this is yellow bucks is probably their best track yes no doubt and and that's i mean just hearing it because of how his rap matches with i and just everything they created with this and i actually love the music video because a lot of other influential r&b hip-hop artists show up in it and a lot of them have collaborated with i in the past such as thelma aoyama luna and I love that they had those people in that, but as so, I mean, so as a song, I, as a I whole, wasn't it's I wasn't crazy on thinking that I'm like I swear to God I've seen people in this music video before. Oh yeah, yeah. She included artists that she's collaborated in the past, and I immediately recognized Thelma, just because Thelma is very recognizable in general. And then there was a couple other ones I had to look up because, like, why does this person look familiar? And one of them was Luna, who is a Japanese rap female rapper who I'm familiar with. But yeah, it's you. <laughs> yeah, it's me. <laughs> Except this one's all caps. But I mean, I cannot say enough how much I love the moment. It is probably one of the best songs, in my opinion, of 2021, and it has been really moved up there and. I I might put it actually I probably could have switched this with my third one to be honest because I do love this more than my third one, especially going back to it. However, uh, oh yeah, it where I it love is. this more than your third one. Too. <laughs> yeah, so this and the third one could have been intertwined, and I think it's because the third one I played the most early on, but. Ooh. I uh, the moment with I and Yellow Bucks really got up there as it's on multiple playlists right now, and I, I highly, highly recommend it because of the R and B hip hop feels, and it's done so well. It's what R and B hip hop should be. So with that, Ken, I know you really like the moment. What did you did you still have the same thoughts? Because I believe it made my OG as well. Yes, 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 yeah, yeah. So you know, before. I want to say about midway through 2021, you know, I wasn't wasn't a name I haven't heard in a long time. I'm, I'm like old Ben here. I haven't heard um, that name in a very long time. And honestly, I was looking forward to this track and seeing who was a part of it really hyped up in my mind what this track was going to be. And Yellow Books, like I said earlier, just killed it. This really made this work. In my personal opinion like other tracks they might relay the the melody as the workhorse both 
I and Yellow Buck really stand out with their vocals and have that be the front and center of this. And while I might be a Yellow Buck fan before even my initial listen to this, it really did not sway my impressions. And I've absolutely loved listening to the moment. And I'm looking forward to see what I does on the Kohaku now. I am as well. Yeah, uh, the moment by I was really good, and I, I really, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fantastic. I think Yellow Bucks. I, I've seen him around on a few tracks, and so I was kind of familiar with him. We did an MC on him. I did. Yeah. Oh yeah, we did do music corner on. Thank you, Luna. Sorry, we've done so many MCs now. I will be honest. I do lose track, but uh, yeah, no, Yellow Bucks is really good. I uh, and I do like his rap. I like his rap style. Uh, but it works so well with I and this composition. Uh, I, I do agree with you guys. I do think this is probably his best track. Uh, and yeah, no, it all comes together really well. This is just a lovely track altogether. It's got, it's a really good m- mood as well as, you know, kind of, um, inspirational sort of feel, at least I, it's what I got from it. Uh, just, you know, being in the moment. So I I did, I I like this track quite a lot. I think, uh, I I see why you picked it as your number four, Luna. And, uh, I think it was a great pick overall. Thank you. I'm glad you both enjoyed that one. So let's continue on to my number four track here. And honestly, my number four can probably go all the way up to number two, but (laughs) that's neither here or there. And that would have to be, as of right now, it would be Yellow by Back Number. Now, Back Number is a band that I really kept my eye on, but hasn't really grabbed me before 2021. Now, with the one-two punch, I guess three if you include their latest release of Kaito, Yellow, and Seihei Sen, they really became a breakout star in my book. Yellow, in particular, really got me because it gripped me not only from its slow to mid-tempo composition, but the lyrics were, it, it's really relatable. And it really thought, had me thinking about personal relationships in the past and stuff like that. While I wouldn't really say that this particularly rewrites the book on how it needs to be a male-led rock band, Yellow has indeed keep me interested in a lot of back numbers work and kind of want me to have a more closer eye on them and to the point that it really paid off because I also like Soy Heisen as well but with that how did you guys think about my number four here let's start with you Gray yeah Yellow is a wonderful track by back number and if correct me if I'm wrong but it really led the way I think this is like the first song that they had that hit the Oricon uh, and they had like two or three if I remember correctly I know yes. Yellow and Sui Heisen it was, did uh, it was uh, Kaito uh, as well Kaito okay it's like I thought there was like and I, I, I remember two but I was like I think there was a third I, just, I couldn't remember the the third one yeah Kaito uh, so back number wound up having a good year but I think Yellow was like the track that really kicked it off uh, kicked the year off with it uh, I think this was the first one no, but th- yellow was, was the second one. <laughs> yellow was the second. Kaito, one? Oh, okay. Kaito was so, the first one. <laughs> Kaito was the first one. Okay. Well, still, uh, this was a good track. So personally, I think my favorite of the ones that they released this year was Sui Hasen. 
I, I added that one to my library. Uh, but mm-hmm. Yellow is really good, and Yellow is a very solid track. And um, I, I can see why you picked it, Ken. I think you you have a really good reason for why you picked it. I, I think this is a really good song overall. And you know, I, I might, I probably should add it to my library. Uh, but it, it's just, it's a really good single. It's sung really well. The composition work's done really good. Um, and there there's some that like you hear the emotion. And and the like the fervor uh, in the lead vocalist voice, so it, it's done. It's done really well, and uh, I, I do like Yellow. I think it's a great track overall. I loved loved Yellow, and I was not initially on this one, which is which, and I've liked everything Back Number has done, such as Sweet Hasten and. Kaito as well and hearing yellow this is probably one of my favorites out of all of them to be honest and I loved it I'm so glad you put it on your list this was definitely one of my favorites because their vocals the lyrics the composition everything meshed so perfectly and I just absolutely fell in love with it so I am so glad this one was included Yes, 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 yes. So I'm I'm glad that you guys liked it, and I I I know that with the releases of Back Number, they had a really strong year. Every release this past year in 2021 was really really good, and like like I said, while they might not be rewriting the wheel, so to speak, you know the fact that each release really was a different tempo of the previous one really helped it out, and. That's what you kind of really need, to be honest, to stand out. I agree. But with that, let's continue on to our number three, top three tracks here. Let's start off with you, Greg. Yeah, so for my number three track, this is a song that came out back in the summer, and I, I absolutely fell in love with it when I first heard it. And while this particular artist had subsequent releases that I liked, uh, to me, this was the peak. I really loved this track on a whole, and this is the one that I always kept coming back to. And that is Emotion by Jung Kun Suk. Uh, I, I, it just, like, there's something about this track. It clicked for me. I love his vocals. I love the style. I just wound up falling in love with this track. Uh, I, man, I, the way that the beat just comes in, uh, the music composition, it's a pop song, but it, it sounds different than your average pop song. Like there's a, there's flair to it. And that's the one thing it's, I love about John Kunso because he, he adds it's flair very, to a lot uh, of his tracks. Bubbly. Yeah. 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 Emotion specifically. Now he does have tracks that are not bubbly at all. Uh, but emotion very much has a has a bubbliness to it, uh, and uh, I would recommend you checking out Star. That is a beautiful ballad. I think you might would like that a lot more, Ken. But yeah, no, I I loved emotion, and this it really put this guy on the map for me because, like I said, I I had never heard of him, and then he had three releases that were just fantastic. Uh, but emotion was like. 
the peak. It, like it never got better than Emotion for me. I just I absolutely loved Emotion, and I loved the song uh, so much. But what did you think about Luna? I I still greatly enjoyed Emotion. I mean, I I I actually have never heard of Chan Kun Suk before until until he made the charts and he's been around for quite some time but i i liked his vocals i actually thought emotion still stood out to be a pretty solid song on this i do like the bubbliness of it like ken described and i actually think it fits with his voice pretty well so I was very, very surprised about how much I did like it. And I'm very glad it did make your list, which being honest, I already knew it was going to make your list just because, you know, I know, I remember how much you loved this uh, track when it released. So it wouldn't be best of 2021 without emotion. <laughs> uh, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, honestly, I don't think my top three tracks are too shocking people like if you've listened to the show and you listen to me you, you, you top three shouldn't shouldn't come out at the blue uh what did you think ken so for jungkook's uh, i wasn't on the episode that this initially made the oricon chart uh because it happened during the summer and i was uh, dealing with other family issues at that time so it just so happened that i missed that and I, unfortunately you know I understand its appeal. I really do. And it's... Unfortunately, it isn't something that I would listen to outside of our list. And while I can't deny that the bubbly style and upbeat composition is something that is very unique. And I've never heard it before. I I really can't deny it. It's something out of this world. And you guys just got to listen to it. It wasn't really meshing well for me. And while I might not be a fan of him overall, I will be keeping my eye on him just a little bit longer because I would love to see what f- splash he will make in the Japanese market. Yeah, he's definitely an artist to keep your eye on because uh, he, he, he really does have this uh, uniqueness to each of his tracks that really he brings. And... It's just done so well. I I had I'd never heard anybody quite like him when he debuted. Well, well, not debuted, but when he came on the Oricon for us. And uh, it, you know, I've been like it's every release he's had this year. I've really liked. Just emotion just wound up being my favorite of the ones. But um, check out any of his. And I've been wanting to go back and check out his earlier work. Just haven't gotten around to it yet. But. Anything that he's dropped in 2021, I recommend. It's, it's really good. And Jungkun Suk had a great year. All right. So my trick three could have easily been swapped out with four. But it is O by Crazy Boy featuring Shota Shimizu and OZ World, also known as just OZ. That boy crazy. That boy crazy. So crazy boy. Crazy boy. So this is the only solo release Crazy Boy has done this year, and it had four tracks on it. O was probably the only track I really loved off this. And I do understand because JSB did a lot this year, so it explains why Crazy Boy only did this one track, not to mention him and his 
girlfriend or fiance had a baby on top of it. So crazy. He craves it. So this was O is a very interesting track. So Crazy Boy piqued my interest with Dona as I freaking love Dona and it still rides high on my playlist. And O gave me that same feeling when I listened to it. It is a hip hop dance oriented track, which I, I do like from Crazy Boy because he he has that influence to easily go in that hip hop. He can pull it off. He has the moves that uh what do you call it that swag and and i so i also love that shota shimizu was in it because i love shota shimizu i i prefer his older works as that's what i grew up listening to versus his newer style but i'm always glad to see him featured on a track and also has oz world aka oz who is a rapper that i was not familiar with until came out and has piqued my interest in him as well so i think it's a great collaboration between all three it is a very sexual song when you listen to the lyrics extremely sexual i do like this because i was dancing to it all summer this was my boat on my boat playlist my summer playlist my doing the dishes playlist my cleaning playlist just because of its upbeat style and this was also one of my top five played tracks of 2021. So that shows how many times I've listened to it. I think it was like at 40 something times. And I think my only big gripe with O is the auto-tuning. Because Shoto Shimizu has fantastic vocals and I was very mad he was auto-tuned. Crazy Boy also did that too. I love OZ's rap. But, I mean, there are so many things I personally liked about this track, but is it the best Crazy Boy song? No, not by any means. But it was one that resonated with me because it is a great one to dance to and get down with. But I'm curious to hear what you guys think because I know this does not go with your style of music at all. It's extremely Americanized. So let's start with Ken first. Now, as soon as I good, uh, saw Crazy Boy, I miss saying that. I'm sorry. I'm going to be saying that every single time I see him. So as soon as I got to saw Crazy Boy on your list here, I kind of knew what I was going to expect. And honestly, nothing really changed from that solo image that he pervades. And while I, I don't really dig his solo style and not his solo works overall, you know... It might hit with some people, it might not hit. And I know it doesn't hit with me. And what really kills me is that, you know, they he had some great collab artists on here with Shota Shimizu and Old's World. And, you know, they did great with what they had. And I really loved what they brought to the track. However, Shimizu's autotune is just so overdone. And i that's one thing that I just don't really like about Shimizu as of late since he came back from his hiatus. And, and that really wasn't enough to win me over. And it, it's a darn shame because, you know, I really want to support Crazy Boy with his solo works. But it's really difficult when he brings out stuff like... 
unfortunately. And I can see that because the auto tuning does throw me off and it's definitely not as best. I think Dona and Pink Diamond are way better than O, but I think it's because for me it was a good dance track to get down with. <laughs> but no, I do understand because Crazy Boy really is a hit or miss in a solo career in general for a lot of people who love JSB. Yeah, this is a de- definitely a very interesting track, and I, I really felt like this was right up your alley, Luna. It is definitely a, this is a Luna track when you hear it. Uh, it's nice to see Crazy Boy, and it's nice to see Crazy Boy being crazy. Uh, but I don't. For me, this was not quite what it is. You know, and, no, no, this was this isn't for me. I guess would be a good way to put it. This wasn't something that I would want to listen to. Uh, it des- definitely has a good hook to it. I, I will say that, and it's got a good beat. Uh, so I can definitely see why this is a, a go-to dance track, especially if like you know you're you're like doing dishes or something like that, or you know if you're out in the club and you want to you want to shake things up. Like this is definitely something I could easily hear coming on over the club uh, speakers. Uh, but at, at the end of the day, uh, it just was not for me, and you know that's okay. Um, but I'm I'm glad you put it on here, Luna, and uh, you know I need to check out. I, I, part of me wants to check out some of Crazy Boy's solo stuff because I like his work uh, uh, with um, JSB, but I just not been, I just haven't checked out his solo stuff. So uh, definitely might go go look at it sometime soon. Yeah, and he has some interesting solo works, and I do understand what kind of style he's doing with it, but it does give you a taste of that that. That st- you know some of the style of music he does, and yes, it's a very club orient orientated track. And we turned my friend's basement into a dance party one day, and this is why this song got played so much. It's fun to dance to. So I guess I'll move on to my number three track of the year, and that would have to be "Map for Love" by Tomita Labs. Now, I wasn't sure what to expect from Tomita Labs to be honest when I had initially listened to him because when I had reported about him he was part of the music project to back Naz, the vocalist Naz last year which I had fell in love with and his previous release mixtape which was a 9 minute track to run as a mixtape and no pun intended here, it is a mixtape full of ideas that really shows off his skill as a composer and producer. And that first led me to pay attention to him throughout 2021. Now to preference, Tomita Labs is mostly a producer and composer. He doesn't really sing a lot of his tracks. So this particular release of Matt for Love is sung by Maya Sakamoto, Ryosuke Nagaoka by uh, Patrols, Kento Nagatsuka of Wonk, Nas, um, obviously, because she was sponsored by him, Bird as well, Sakura Fujiwara, Yasuyuki Horigumi of, of Kirinjin fame, Yoshida Sada of uh, Monaco, and Ryo of the group Candy Town. Now, when I heard Matt for Love for the first time, I instantly knew that this was going to be in my top 10 in some way, shape, or form. 
using all nine guest vocalists in this work is obviously no easy task. And they all sing kind of like a line with throughout the work. And it just absolutely works. However, there is one part of the song, which is a rap portion. And say what you will, because initially when I listened to it, it kind of fits. But upon further listens, it really throws the song off. And sometimes I can be like, oh, it, it works. Sometimes it doesn't. It just really depends on what you're in the mood when you're listening to that track. But not only that this particular track of Matt for Love made me fall in love with Tomita Labs work even more, it really wanted me to look up all the other guest artists as well. Now, I know this was a fairly unique release because of just how it is, but I would love to hear your guys' thoughts about it. So, Gray, why don't you go first? Yeah, no, uh, this is definitely a very interesting track, and I'm not too familiar with Tamina Lab's work. Uh, but, yeah, no, this is definitely an interesting track. I don't think this is something I would normally listen to, uh, but it is. It's a really good song. I think you know they make it work, and they make it work really well. You can definitely hear this is a collaborative spirit. And, yeah, they, they have like their individual lines that they sing and they sing really well it does come together really good and they come together for the chorus and it it, it really has like a nice harmonization almost a choir-esque sound to it I mean, it sounds good it sounds good i'm not trying to say that as a negative thing uh so i really did wind up enjoying this there is the rap and and i've heard it i don't know i think it depends on my mood uh, there have been times that I've listened to it. It does not bother me. And then there's been times I've listened to it and I'm like, wow, that just seems out of place. Uh, but the rap is done really well, is expertly executed. And I, I, like I said, I think it just depends on my mood at the end of the day or whether or not I like or appreciate the rap. Uh, but it's a small segment of the song. And honestly, I don't think it, even if you don't feel the rap, I don't think it ruins the song as a whole it's just something it is there and it and when you it get is to there. it you're like it is Whoa. really there <laughs> yeah it's like, like like when you get to it you're like okay that that's it's like um like pardon the comparison but imagine like a choral uh imagine like going to a choral performance and midway through the song one of the one of the chorusers comes up to the mic and does a rap break it's just not this is two worlds that just you know are, are divided and they, they don't overlap at all so the fact that they're that this is in here just i think that's the thing it's like i'm you're not i'm not used to it at all because of, of that mindset this sound, sounds like a choral song performance and then you know there's a rap break in there and you're like Ooh, that's not what you normally hear in a choral performance but it works it works well like i said it just depends on my mood but i think this is a great song overall and definitely a great track and a real positive message too that we can all stand behind what about you luna so i also loved Map for Love by Tomita Lab and I think all the featured artists it was fantastic to see so many in this collaboration seeing Maya Sakamoto on here Naz I was shocked to see Bird because I hadn't heard her music and I can't remember when I want to say like early 2000s mm. 
so if I'm thinking it's the same bird and just this is such a great list and yes the wrap is a little odd but I think it works I love the composition I love the lyrics I mean I think this is a fantastic track and I feel like Tomita Lab has really knocked it out of the park this year in general because they've had some great releases come out yeah that that's for sure like honestly if i didn't discover him through naz initially like back in 2019 i think he probably would have been my artist of the year and it'd be really difficult to to not deny him a spot on that because a lot of his releases really sticked with me Map for Love was amazing, and I was kind of shocked how it, it went off my playlist, especially with the artist on here. I was just blown away. But with that, let's continue on to your top two songs here with you, Gray. Go right ahead. Yeah, so this is a song that came out all the way in February of this past year. And honestly, it just, it never quite left my rotation. I go and I listen to it. Uh, it's such catchy, fun. Uh, you know, Luna was talking about dance music. This is a song I dance to. Uh, and this is also a song that I, I do house chores to and makes uh, the house chores a lot of fun to do too. So. Uh, I, I think me and Luna sometimes are on the same path, and sometimes like it m might be different song styles, but like we're on that same wavelength of stuff. And that is uh, "Seijaku no Toshi" by to uh, Token Danshi, and yeah, this song is just so much fun and just a lot of energy. This is also really the first track that I heard by token robin donshi that really changed my periphery of them uh i this is the first track i've ever heard done by them that i really liked and yeah i've liked all three of the tracks that they dropped this year i i thought all three of them are really good this one's easily my favorite i like that that like rappiness that this song has to it and just oh. it's but before you kind of continue on, it's specifically the subgroup of Token Danchi Higekiri. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, I will say I I don't know enough about Token Ramen Danchi to understand all the like the subgroups and stuff. Uh, and I I do hate how in on Apple Music they're they're the it's released via subgroup and not like just one overall group that you can easily find their stuff. Uh, you yeah, have well, to... because different generations, that's why. Yeah. Uh, but because that'll yeah. be like saying that'll be like saying Bang Dream, and then not differentiating between Pop oh. and Party, Rosalie, and stuff like that. It's kind of yeah. kind of the same thing. It, well, in theory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Because uh, yeah, yeah. But this this was a great track. I absolutely loved it. And I, uh, I guess I, I I think this is my number one song I've listened to throughout the out the year. Like last I looked, like the number was north of seventy. <laughs> I've listened to this track that many times. Uh, it's just it's fun it's fun for me I listened to it I absolutely loved it the week it dropped and I never stopped listening to it it's just been 
uh, this song in a lot of ways is defined uh, 2021. And there's one song that I, to me, felt more right to put in number one spot, but uh, which is why it's there. And this is number two. But this was a track that really just stood out to me. And I absolutely loved it. And uh, it really just made my year as a whole because uh, like I said this this dropped in February and I never stopped listening to it it's so good uh, what did you think about it Luna so I remember when this this track uh, Seiyaku no Toshi came out by Token Dunshi he he Gekiri, since it's the, their subgroup I, I I liked it and I know what to, uh, the Token Danshi I'm very hit or miss but going back and revisiting it, I remember everything I liked about Seiyaku no Toshi. I honestly think all their vocals are fantastic. And it's the the rap is good. On top of that, on top of their vocals being good, I like that it's upbeat and it flows very well. The composition's also very well done. And I honestly still think this is one of the best songs they've done and one of my favorites I've ever seen them do. And it still stuck with me as that. I mean, I don't go back and it's not something I'm going to go back and listen to constantly. But I do respect the song and I think it's it's actually good. It's very well done and I'm glad to see it on your list. Yeah, no, this is definitely, yeah, like what you said, it's, it's, it's just one of these like fun dance numbers that uh, it's just hard. Once it's in your ear, it's hard to to let it go it's definitely like like an earworm i guess would be a good way to put it uh, what did you think about it ken now you say i would say if when you say surprise additions to the year this would have to be one of them because i know for a fact that if we were to predict what groups would be in our top five i'm pretty sure no one would have picked token Rabadashi for any one of us but I guess this is the next evolution for you, Gray, for boy group style. And I, I, I guess, guess no. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't, don't know if that's yeah. a good thing or not, though, but yeah. But, you know, <laughs> the thing is, no better yet than the Token Ramadanji series, to be honest. And, you know, as as much as, you know, it might be very interesting you know the the subgroup of the token danji higekiri you know it brings a new pizzazz to the group that i didn't really think i would ever heard of them beforehand specifically with uh say yaku no toshi and you know it's it's very interesting because currently i'm not really sick of their old style and i kind of want to hear that it's like it's like it's like McDonald's. I kind of want to hear it all the time. And for to hear it to be out of the box, it's kind of interesting. I, and I'm, I'm not too sure how I felt about it initially. I, I'm, I'm from forgetting about it. But I, I don't know if it gelled well with me this time around. And while it... It might not have worked for me. It really enticed me to go into Token Rambudanshi's discography a bit more thoroughly, either through its 
subgroups or its main group. Because also, I really would like to see them perform live. Granted, it'll probably be darn impossible to get tickets, but... <laughs> yeah, I imagine it'd be very difficult for, you, you know, especially, like, me and you to get tickets. Like, I think this thing would sell out really fast, but... Well, I think it'd be uh, in the back. It wouldn't be near the front I, that at too, all. Too. <laughs> I, that's true, too. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, like I said, this is... I, I had because we had talked about Token Robin Donchi many times on the show, and I never liked any of their music. I always thought it was just, it just wasn't clicking with me. And then this song dropped, and it was like a paradigm shift in my brain because, like I said, they had two other releases this year, and I would say like their latest release was very much in line with that classic style. Uh, and I loved it. I thought it was really well done, vocal heavy. I don't remember off the top of my head what it is. I can probably look it up real quick, but it was Toa Zoo Gatari was really good. And I felt like that felt more traditional um, token Robin Danshi. So yeah, that was a really, I really wound up like, I, I don't know, like it was a, it was a big shift this year. I really wound up liking uh, token Rumbin Danshi. It was really weird, but uh, yeah, no. I, I love this track. It's, it's been absolute blast to listen to. What's that? Let's go on to your n- number two track of the year, Luna. Alright, so my number two track of the year is Stay With Me by Thelma Aoyama. And this was one that did come later on in the year. It came out in October with her album Scorpion Moon. So seeing that Thelma not only released new music this year, but also a new album had me very, very excited for her. Because being honest, she's done a lot of collaborations these last couple years, but hasn't released a studio album in over three years. So it has been long overdue. Not to mention... What she has released this year has been fantastic. So I think that hiatus of hers, of not releasing a lot of solo works, has done it well. Because Stay With Me hit everything I wanted from Thelma. Her vocals, the lyrics, the composition is absolutely perfect. It, I mean, this composition matches with her vocals so well. She does it so tastefully. I love the piano and just how her voice flows with the music and it probably is one of my favorite ballads by her i'm still gonna say wasada nayo and kayadu basho are my two top but stay with me is probably my third although i really like zuto as well but stay with me and zuto are probably tied for top three ballads by her and thelma shows that she can do ballads and do them perfectly The lyrics are beautiful and touching. The composition matches the beauty of the lyrics, which I feel like is a big plus. And I feel like Stay With You, Stay With Me just draws you in and you don't want to keep listening. You don't want to stop listening to it. So if if this track would have came out when I was getting married, I would have added this to my wedding playlist because it would have made a perfect slow dance song. And it is the perfect wedding song. I cannot say enough about how much I love Stay With Me, and I think her whole Scorpion Moon album as a whole is great, but this track easily moved its way up to my top two without a doubt. Right upon release, this was immediately on my radar, and I was in love with it. 
So with that, Ken, what did you think of Stay With Me? You know, for, for me, Thelma is an artist that I really didn't like in the passage of reasons. However, Stay With Me is absolutely fantastic. I loved every single minute of my time with it. And everything worked in its tiny little piece, whether it be the amazing piano to start off the track or Thelma's vocals. And like Luna said, it just hits and meshes very, very well overall with the composition and her vocals. And that's one thing that I really do like. And while I might not agree with a lot of Thelma's discography overall, Stay With Me is high up there for me. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And I, it's like when she does this style, I think it works to her benefit. Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah, no, uh, Stay With Me by Thelma Aoyama is a wonderful track. And uh, I, I'm really glad you picked this, Luna. I remember Zuto, I remember we talked about that a while back, and that's a beautiful song. But, you know, this one's really good too. And I think this is definitely, you know, when you talk about ballads, you know, this is definitely something that... I, it can't, comes to mind. It just works. It works really well. And, you know, you get to hear Thelma's voice and vocals. And, you know, th- she has years of experience at this point, really understanding her voice, really understanding how to accept, accentuate it and hit the notes in certain ways. And you, you kind of really hear that experience in this track. And it works so well. It's just definitely a really good track. And I wound up really being blown away by it. And I thought it was a spectacular pick. Uh, And I'm glad you picked it, Luna. Thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it since I know she's an artist we don't talk about often. And this is one I was just glad to share with everyone because it is just, it deserves all the praise. Yeah, no, it definitely deserves a signal boost because it really just is an outstanding ballad and really has an endearing soul that really just makes it special. Yes, that's for darn sure. And with that, I shall move on to my number two track of the year. And that will be Sakai by Kiranji. Now... Honestly, I was really unsure on how Kirin G was going to be for the beginning of the year. Uh, you know, this actually was originally a rock band to now becoming a solo project, quote-unquote, veritable music group under its founder, Takaki Horigome. And, you know, I, I had my trepidations with this. However, with the first release under this new experience, you know, it knocked it out of the park. I absolutely loved everything about this song, and it hits all the checklists of what I love about Japanese music right now. It's a composition that you can't help yourself but to get lost in. The vocals just becomes so smooth and becomes the peanut butter to the melodies jelly and its theme of being able to see people again after you know these last couple of years that made it difficult really hit differently 
if it wasn't released at a different time. Well, I'm not sure what the future has in store with this new iteration of Kinenji. I really am, for one, can't wait till its next release. Now, what do you guys think about this? And because, you know, I know we haven't really talked about Kirinji in this new style because I, I I haven't really brought it up all too often to go force it down your guys' throat, but how do you guys feel about this? Let's start with you, Greg. Yeah, no. Um, uh, Saikai by Kirinji is really good, and I'm not too familiar with like the the history of a uh, of Kirinji and the shakeup that they had. I I know I've heard you mention them several times, Ken. When uh, you know we're doing like our our you know what we've been listening to and stuff like that, so I'm familiar with them in in kind of that regard. But I I don't think I've ever really listened to them. So this was a really nice surprise and. Uh, when if I do go back and listen to their older work, I'm not going to try to let this be like the standard and stuff because obviously because this is now kind of a solo project as opposed to a rock band, the sounds going to be much different. Uh, but no, this is a wonderful track. I think it's really well done. I love the composition. I think it comes together really well, uh, sung expertly, uh, and it just has this really good feel and flow to it. Really sucks you in. Uh, I had a blast listening to this, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I actually think I like this a little bit more than your number one. Uh, And uh, I really, really enjoyed your number one. But this this is definitely way better. Uh, Well, not way better, but this this is definitely something that is really up my alley. I'll say that much. And I really liked it. I liked it a lot. And I, I'm glad. Uh, technically, this isn't the first time we've done Kidding G in my top ten, in my top five, because I've talked about Kidding G before. I think either the year before or in 2019. Um, but okay. it, it has yeah. it has been a while since we yeah. properly listened. To it's, it's like I, I knew the name. I knew I'd heard the name Kidding G before, but I like I I don't remember last year's top top fives and stuff uh i barely remember my own honestly if i didn't have the playlist i wouldn't i couldn't tell you but yeah i remember i remember we had talked about i i knew the name from somewhere so i was like i think i we've talked about them before so yeah this is definitely uh this is definitely a good pick i i had a lot of fun with it so i'm kind of in between on uh sakai by kirenji so one, I didn't realize that about the band split and I didn't realize Kirinji had become a solo project, which is very interesting. I'm glad he was able to continue with his works. I, I, I'm trying to think of even how to explain it. It's a very, very chill track. And I think that's kind of why I'm on the fence is because I wasn't expecting that. I thought his vocals were really good in it, and I thought it was nice. I couldn't quite get into it. I had to listen to it a couple times to kind of pull myself in. I don't think I was in that right mindset. But yeah. I... No, yeah. To completely yeah. be honest here, because it is a total genre shift change, because 
you guys know that beforehand, Kinuji was just a rock band. And this particular release of Sakai, is, it's city pop. It's legit city pop at this point. <laughs> There's no rock in it at all. So... Yes, and I think that was kind of my my issue at first, was trying to get into it from that. Not to say it's a bad song, I think it's actually, the composition is very well done, but I think it was that shift change that caused me trouble to get into it, because when I saw Kirenji, I was honestly thinking rock band, you know, that type, and then what I got was completely different, so I was thrown off, and because of that... I was having that issue of really enjoying it. So I feel like now, this is one I'll have to come back to. It's it's very interesting that you say that because I I've 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 talked to you about this because I've thrown the other Keating Gene song after this, which is Bakatsuze Kokoro that he's done with A Witch because I knew that you really liked A Witch. Mm-hmm. During that time you weren't up to it because you were just so swept up with everything so i never got a a proper uh, reply to that but and the one he did with a which was actually really interesting and i liked that i was just like this is different and that i i remember really enjoying but i think it was because i'm a sucker for a witch so yeah i i really honestly for me that was what it was but I guess, you know, just thinking of Kirinji, you know, how, how they were and how they are now, I think that was my issue, is even though I did like the one with A-Witch, I still, and it was on the same single, too, which is really funny, because it was Hazeru Shinzo. But, yeah. I, you know, I was trying to, I don't know, I think that, I just had that other mindset of when they did their own stuff, I didn't listen to the whole single, I just listened to that one song with A-Witch. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it was only that that one single, so it was a digital release. So, but with that, I, I'm happy that at some point that you guys liked it. But before we go on to our number one track of the year, let's kind of do our runner ups here. So I know that there's a bunch of them for you guys. So kind of just quickly talk about your honorable mentions that just missed it. So why don't you go first, Gray? Sure. Uh, so yeah, um, I, I I did. I had a lot of honorable mentions. You know, uh, Ubu Love by Naniwa Danshi just you know come you know come blowing in out of the park. Uh, God, I, I love these guys. I actually wound up having a lot. Uh, you know, something new about Johnny's West. I absolutely loved. It. I I it's like the first single I ever bought by Johnny's was something new by Johnny's West. It's just absolute fantastic. Uh, I still have not bought Nani Wadanshi because I am just poor and have no money. <laughs> and so I was like, I've not gotten it. Uh, but uh, I, I do want to get Ubu Love and Koi Furu Sukiyo Ni Kimi Sofu by King and Prince is just another track. I like, I, I go to my, I find myself just going to YouTube and listening to it. It's just so good. I absolutely love it to death. Uh, definitely a blast and I really think you know me falling in love with like Johnny's and Johnny's style music has really influenced me a lot over over this year and I think it definitely shows in my top two picks even though I haven't revealed it yet like you when it's revealed you'll see that like there's definitely an influence there um 
Can't Keep It Cool by Akira Takano. Unfortunately, I got sick and I wasn't able to do my favorite album of the year, but Akira Takano's inter album is fantastic. And my God, I've had that thing on repeat a lot. Like if I just want to listen to an album, I'll just go listen to that. Uh, Just a great, great album. And Can't Keep It Cool is just a lot of fun. So definitely loved that. Uh, Kimi Shika. Katan by Hinata Zaka 46 is just a, a joy to listen to and I love it. Um, a song that I did not like the first time I heard it but really grew on me was Number One by Dish. I absolutely, absolutely loved it. It is fantastic. Uh, All Me by Ivy is really good and it, it's got to be like my number six track, honestly. It just, it's so, it just barely missed the list. Um, but All Me by Ivy is really good. I listen to it all the time. It is definitely, this is one of my absolute favorite tracks. Uh, I I wouldn't, it would be weird if I didn't have an LOL song here. So I wanted to shout out their latest track, One Last Song, which is a beautiful winter track. Uh, just absolutely beautiful. Uh, one Last Song. Uh, go check that one out if you have not had the chance. Uh, two more tr- songs and I'll be done, I promise. Uh, th- Bubble Love by Dice is a song that uh, I've talked about a couple of times on the show, but I wanted to give it a shout out. I when I made the list and I made the honorable mentions, Live Devil was not available, uh, and Live Devil dropped within the past week. So uh, it, it if if had I made the list, had it dropped sooner, I think Live Devil would have been on the list instead of Bubble Love. But Bubble Love is a wonderful track. I really loved it. Uh, go check it out. And uh, you'll hear more about that soon. Uh, and the last track I want to give a shout out to is Daisy by Kodai Yoshida. It is a gorgeous track. And uh, just, you know, Kodai is just out there just doing it. You know, he's just killing it with every release. And Daisy was no exception. Uh, just a stunningly beautiful track. I cannot recommend it enough. Um, but that is my honorable mentions. I tried to keep that as short as I could. Uh, what were your honorable mentions, Luna? So I, like you, had a good amount that were my honorable mentions. And there were a couple that I could have easily intertwined with my number five, which was Ego. And that was Chuhai by Miyachi, as that's my new drinking song. And I absolutely love Miyachi's rap in it. I think it is just a fun song and it cracks me up because I do love my Chuhai's. The other one is Beijing by Chanmina, and I love the lyrics to that because she makes really good points in what beauty is and how Japan perceives beauty and how she's been perceived. And that's one of the big reasons I love Beijing, plus her rap is phenomenal in it. And Gilla Gilla by A Witch, and that's featuring JP the Wavy and Yeezer, and I flippin' love this track ever since Awitch dropped it. I mean, you want to talk about some top-notch rap. I mean, you got these guys all together, and they just kill it. I think the only reason that I it didn't make that is I feel like it probably shouldn't be as long as it is, but Gilla Gilla is a, also a great one. Some of the other big ones I had on there, Just One Kiss by Aisha. There are two versions, uh, original and a English version. I love both of them. And this is just a fun summer track that's super cute. And then the other one is Silent Moon by B.B. Key. That was the first song I heard by her, and I'm still in love with it. It is 
absolutely wonderful. Video by T Ace featuring Simba and Stax T. This was one of my other summer songs that I absolutely fell in love with. I love Simba's vocals. Stax T's rap is great. And T Ace just has this goofy rap style in it that I love despite his auto-tune. And it is ow! Super fun. And the next one I want to give a shout out to is Sakurabare by Yuri. And I know a lot of other Yuri tracks have been, are great, like Beetlejuice, I absolutely loved. But Sakurabare is one of my favorites. His vocals, the composition, everything was absolutely perfect. And it's still one of my favorite songs by Yuri. Lovey Dovey by Cream. As you all know, Cream has been pretty hot with me. And Lovey Dovey was my favorite song they released this year. It's super cute, fun. And I love the beat to it as it's so them and it just fits. Lonely Boy by Kira. Kira released her Miss Independent EP and this was on it. And I absolutely loved that EP. I wish if it was physical, but Lonely Boy gave me that reminiscence feeling of Bye Bye Boy mixed with a couple other tracks because she brought that reggae vibe to it. And I just adored it. And the last one is drama queen by may j and i'm happy to see may j come back this year with a new album and all these new releases to celebrate her anniversary i love the lyrics and drama queen it's super relatable i've had someone in that in my life at one point so i feel like everyone has and drama queen is easily relatable and i just love the lyrics may j's vocals and i thought the composition was also very nice so those are some of my honorable mentions that I had frequently on my playlist. And what about you, Ken? So while I didn't have as much as you guys, I did have some. Um, one of my honorable mentions, honestly, it would have been in my top five if it wasn't released technically as a single last year, but it is part of the album for her. And that is Crystal K's cover of i love honestly it's i love i love it's probably one of my favorite songs done by official hige and to hear a ballad version of that song really hits like and i've, I've said this to the past to the both of you privately and i i think i said it on the show as well if I was to have any song in my wedding, it would be I Love. Either either the original version by Official Hige or now this one done by Crystal K. And the emotion that you can feel from this is so, so good. Another song that, you know, I would have also have liked in my honorable mentions is sometimes featuring Ko by... Kojoe, which is an amazing rapper. It's probably one of my favorite rap songs of the year overall. And lastly, I got Encore by Yao Sobi. I really fell in love with Encore. It's probably one of my favorite songs done by Yao Sobi this past year. And with a lot of hits done by them throughout this year, this is probably one of the crown jewels, in my opinion. But with that, let's continue on to our song of the year. And Gray, why don't you kick it off? 
Yeah, no, and uh, first off, I want I, I, I think it would be not fair to give credit where credit is due. I owe you Ken for this pick. So, um, if if you want to like kill yourself later, just remember you did this. <laughs> Chicago and I introduced this group, and like yeah. I said, it's not particular. Well, we'll just go because I, yeah. I will say what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, you're good. Um, but I wanted to thank you. It was the whole point of that. I, thank you so much because uh, had you not done, I mean, they did make the this song particularly did make the Oricon, so it probably would have came on my radar anyways. But uh, Ken was the one that really pointed them out to me first, and I want to give credit where credit is due. They wouldn't be here without you, Ken. So thank you so much for that. But. Yeah, no, uh, Seven Order is just uh, a group that I've really grown to really love, and I really liked their One Order uh, album that they dropped earlier in the year. But um, Amega Hajimari no Aizu, it was one of those songs, I like, the past two or three years, like, the moment I hear the song, I know immediately it's going to be my number one track for the year. And Amega Hajimari no Aizu was, was that for me. Uh, just as Ayumi was last year. I, like the moment I heard the song, I was like, this is gonna be it. Like and I, like I in at that moment it was my favorite song I had heard so far. Uh and I was like, I don't I don't know if I'm gonna if it's gonna be topped. I'm just gonna be honest with you. And it it never was. It never quite was. Now there there, like I said, you know, I did listen to Seiyaku no Toshi a little bit more than this track, but this track really stole my heart. Uh, I love it. I just love the melody. I love the composition. I love the vo- the voice work in it. I love everything about this track. I listen to it on repeat all the time. It is just absolutely. Uh, and this is another song I like to dance to. And I, I know this is not what a what a quote unquote dance song is, but it's got an upbeat fun track that just really sucks you in and the music video is a lot of joy to watch too Uh, i wouldn't recommend watching the music video because i think the song stands on its own but if you do watch the music video it is a very enjoyable music video to say the least so i did i wound up liking it and like i said you know you can really see like the like the like the influences that i think johnny's has had on me over this past year and or so uh, I mean, it's just been a good year for boy groups as a whole. I, I, I think personally, like they, there's been a lot of competition and a lot of it really good. Uh, so they're, I mean, they come out swinging and they, I mean, they sound great. Uh, but Seven Order just, it just took the took that star and just raised it to the next level. And I, I love this track. I'm going to be listening to it well into the new year. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I absolutely adore uh, Amega Hajimari no Aizu. It is an absolute amazing track. Uh, Luna, what did you think about uh, Amega Hajimari no Aizu? So, for me, I like I enjoy Seven Orders' older stuff. They're a little bit earlier stuff. I thought Amega Hajimaru no Aizu was okay. It honestly was not my style. I do appreciate what they do because they do have great vocals and and you can easily hear that. I think for me, it's a little too bubbly and happy like that, you know, how some of the boy groups are. I think that was the main issue for me. Not that it's a bad track. It's just not in my wheelhouse. 
However, I think Seven Order is a fantastic group and I do recognize their the skill that they have and Amiga Hajimari no Aizu does showcase that. Yeah, and, and like I said, I understand. I, I know, uh, you know, speaking from, you know, experience when, you know, when we started the podcast and I was in the boy groups, like when I got into them, I've always been, you know, with like the self-awareness of like, I really, really like them. I love them a lot. But at the same time, they're not for everyone. And so, you know, I appreciate, uh, you, you know, your your perspective, Luna. And uh, I'm, I'm, and, uh, I'm, I'm glad you, you took the time to, to check them out and, and stuff. Uh, Ken, what did you think about Amega Hajimari no Aizu? Yeah, so I knew Seven Order was going to be in your list somehow, someway. However, I just did not know which track you would choose. Well, I absolutely loved Amega Hajimari no Aizu upon initial release. <laughs> Nothing really can beat uh, Sabu Flower in my point. It's light and cheery. Uh, Deposition really brings out the best in the boys, and honestly, it's a really great way when they did do this to start their major label debut. And that's not—I I love this group. I like, like I said, they're my music group, so I would love to support my boys as much as I can. But yeah, no, overall. It's a very dec- it's a very very strong release and I love it. But it's just one or two things that just wasn't putting it ahead of like a couple of their older songs. Yeah, and that's fair. And I I will say like one of my bigger regrets is I didn't go back and like I listened to the album when we covered them, but I didn't go back and listen to it too much afterwards and I, I wish I I wish I had gone back and listened to it a lot more than what I did, and that that's on me, because uh, there there are a lot of great tracks. I mean, their their album is spectacular, and uh, definitely worth checking out. But I did I did I did I did wind up falling in love with the song, and I absolutely just could not get it out of my head. Some days, and with that, what is your number one song of the year, Luna? So my number one song is Joyride by Millie Akato. And this came out in October with her new album, Who Loves Me. And I had not, before I bought the album, I actually had not listened to anything previously. And Joyride absolutely blew me away. It, it was the second track on the album. And I was just so impressed that since the release I listened to it pretty much nonstop. And it is part of a drama, which I, I'm I I can easily see that. But the lyrics are what pulled me in and Milia does such a great job of conveying the lyrics in this song. It is a very emotional track sad but it makes an impact on you and you remember it and her vocals are just fantastic this is the type of track that easily suits her vocal capacity and she showcases that just perfect she hits every note with the melody of the song and I just love how Joyride comes together and this is one that just personally made an impact on me, just moving me to the point of emotion and tears. And I just could not 
get enough of Joyride, despite it moving me emotionally and making me feel a little bit sad inside. It is just such a powerful track. And I just love the way Milia conveys that. And it shows that she she's still one of my top artists. And I am just glad to see her release something new that is just phenomenal. And I mean, that whole album was just brilliant. And I just cannot get enough of Joyride. It has literally been on repeat. And I I just love it. So, Ken, I'm curious to hear what you think of Joyride. To be honest, I really love this side of Milia. As, you know, she has amazing range that, you know, isn't really part of the limelight at times. And with Joyride, it really brought that emotional feeling side of her that I just absolutely love. And, you know, while I might not like every part of her discography... If it becomes a lot more like Joyride, where it has that emotional drive through it, I would be paying attention a whole lot more than I had beforehand. And this kind of put that eyes on it just a tad bit more. And I completely agree, because when she does a song like Joyride, it makes you stop and listen. And I'm so glad this to hear her do a track like this and gain so much momentum, because it brings me back to... Some- her early career and some of the moving tracks that I experienced on like Rose and Diamond Princess. So I just love that aspect that she brought into Joyride. Yeah, no, uh, Joyride is an amazing track and it is definitely a standout. I can definitely see why you picked it, Luna. And I can also see how this would be attached to a drama. It definitely has like that feel to it, but you know, that doesn't, that's not a bad thing or anything like that. That's just a, a thing to notice but this is definitely really really good and uh i i i've listened to some of her work um but uh i'm not really her one of her bigger fans but uh this is definitely uh a great milia track and definitely glad you put this here uh really stand out overall fantastic thank you i'm glad to hear that you guys both enjoyed joyride and with that, let me continue on to my number one song of the year, and that would have to be Fushigi by Gen Hoshino. Now, honestly, with this one, this is upon first listen, I already knew that it would be part of my top songs of the year again as well. However, I did not know it would be becoming number one. In fact, it's actually a surprise because I honestly didn't know how much I would absolutely love it and you know while Hoshino is an artist that you know as of now that I'm kind of a fan of I do respect the range that this this man does and you know with releases before this with Create was honestly to my dismay and I, I believe it was to everyone's dismay I'm not too sure I think maybe only you liked it, Luna? I'm not too sure about 100% about that. But, you know, Fushigi really focused a part of Hoshino's voice that I absolutely love. And that slow to mid-tempo composition really 
really encompassed to me like tracks like Pop Virus did years ago. And, you know, while I might not like all of Hoshino's releases, I really cannot deny the influence that Fushigi did to me throughout this year. So let's start with you, Gray. I, I know that both me and you absolutely loved Fushigi. So. Uh, yeah, no, uh, Fushigi was definitely, uh, is, uh, I was actually already in my music library, so I was really glad to see it uh, when you put it up there. And, and I know Gen Hoshino has definitely been hit and miss with me, but uh, at the same time, uh, it's just, you, you know, Fushigi, you know, whether or not I'm a big fan of his discography as a whole, Fushigi is so good. It stands out really on its own at the end of the day. And it, it's just, it's just really good composition and definitely just really just amazing track. And uh, I'm really glad you picked this, Ken. Uh, it was great to revisit this track and... Uh, you, you know, I may or may not be, you know, looking forward to again Hoshino's next track, but I, I will say Fushigi is awesome, and I'm so glad you put it here. So, Ken, you were correct on my thoughts on Fushigi is because I did absolutely love Fushigi by uh, Hoshino Gen, and I forgot how much I loved it until I went back and re-listened to it. I had it favorited, but it wasn't one I go back and listen to all the time however when you do it hits and it is a very catchy track like you said and a pop virus and it really gets your attention and going back I realized how much I actually enjoyed it and like this this track is so good why why did I kind of let it slide for most of the year and I I it's just one of those that I do look forward to Hoshino Gen's releases because when he hits he hits and he hit with Fushigi I can easily see how this made your number one yeah no I've like like, like I said I was very surprised because I knew this was going to be in my top somehow somewhat because of just how how much it hit for me. However, I didn't know that it'd be my number one up until probably around September when I was like, yeah, when I was really paying attention to tracks that Fushigi really stayed with me. And it was probably one of the only things that was keeping me going throughout the year, to be honest. And with that, let's continue on to our brand new artist of the year so now this isn't so happened to be not an artist that debuted this year in 2021 it's just an artist that we never found out beforehand but we started listening to this year so well, let's start with you gray who was your runner-ups first and then your artist of the years yeah so uh i had two runner-ups that i really wanted to to mention real quick, uh, the first one was Nani Wadanshi, because uh, I mean they they just I mean they really just came out you know exploding. Uh, I I felt like yeah. just like they <laughs> they I mean dagum I wish they debuted earlier in the year, honestly. But you know they debuted in in November and you know it, it is what it is. But Ubu Love is oh my god I, I love that track. Uh, I love it so much. It's, it's a fantastic track. Uh, so I wanted to, to give them a little signal boost, like, you know, kudos, hats off to you guys, round of applause, great way to debut. Uh, and honestly, 
like the only other debut in my mind that is on par with them. Uh, in the time that we've been doing the show, I don't want to sit here and say this is all time or anything like that, but in the time that we've been doing the show, the only other debut that was just as notable and just as good was King and Prince of Cinderella Girl. So, I, you know, Naniwa Danshi really just knocked it out of the park, and I, I am very eager to see what they do next. Uh, so that was m- one of my runner-ups. And the other runner-up is Seven Order. Because, I mean... Just what a great year overall with the release of their album, uh, and then Amega Hajimari no Aizu. Uh, it just like and Summer uh, Sama Sama is also really good. I, I really really like that song too. Uh, but I mean, they just had a they just had a really good year, and the fact that they were able to make the Oricon in you know this year was was really cool really great nice to see them you know hitting that top 10 number uh especially with Amega Hajimari no Aizu so th- it was really nice to see these guys I am very eager to see what they do next and I'm so glad that uh I got to you know meet these guys this year and stuff and if it was not for another group I, they probably would have been my uh new artist of the year but I, I think we all know there was there was one group that you know around October I just fell in love with, <laughs> and so it's like it would be odd if I put somebody else there. So, um, do you just want me to go into my who, who I picked? Yes. All right. So yes. so for my brand new artist of the year, I I, I I'm willing to bet you know it, obviously my co-hosts know who I picked, but you, you probably guess it's White Jam. Uh, I, I, man, I, I love their their stuff, and you know their release that they had in 2021 is is pretty good. I, I liked it a lot. It didn't make my top ten or anything like that. But Shinu Hodoski is is pretty good. It's a pretty good song, but overall, I, I think it's just oh man, I just I love White Jam. I love just the vocal work. I love Shirose's composition work that he does with the with the songs. Um, I, th- I think Shirose is quickly becoming to be like one of my absolute standout com- uh, composers in the Japanese music industry. I just absolutely adore this man and I adore his work. I think he does fantastic work. And I mean, he does have that image. He, de- he definitely has that thirst image. Uh, you know, I can't deny it, but man, I've, I've, I've listened to Silent Night I don't know how many times, oh, north of 100. And I I still keep coming back to that song. I just I just absolutely love it. Uh, White Jam has just been fantastic, and uh, and I am always I am now just eager to see what they do next. Uh, and I'll, I'll probably be following Shirose's solo career pretty close. I'm, I might start looking into Nikki and Gashima because I really like their vocals and um, Gashima's rap. Uh, but I haven't checked too much into their solo. Uh, like I said earlier, so it, it's just one of those things. But Overall, it's just been uh, a great, it just uh, like a great year for me in White Jam, and I, I've like the past three months, I just could not get enough of them. So it would have felt weird if I put somebody else here. It's just, it is what it is. But uh, I love White Jam. I, I think they're fantastic, and definitely go check them out. What are some of your runner-ups, Luna, for your new artists of the year? So. My runner-up for New Artist of the Year is Baby Key. 
so I I greatly enjoyed Baby Key. I thought she was a amazing vocalist. I discovered her on accident while listening to He Die Die. She was recommended. And she blew me away with her track Silent Moon. And that whole EP was phenomenal. And then I dived into her other work from there. And she reminds me of kind of like Yui was in a way with that girl with guitar except I like the island feel she gave as well so she was my runner up for that my artist of the year I mean new New artist artist of of the the year so my new artist of the year is actually Brideer and this was one I was pretty shocked that I discovered and I got into the metal scene thanks to Bandmade and Love Bites and Aldeos and Brideer was one I I discovered per those recommendations and also several people on the JME music group also kept talking about them and posting about them. So I thought it was time to actually check them out. I started with their Barite album, which is fantastic. And that really pulled me into more of their music. But the tracks that completely sold me and had the biggest impacts on me were Ghoul and Mirror. And metal isn't something I do listen to often, but when I do, I'm very picky on it. And Bright Ear is the type of band I enjoy when it comes to metal. I love their vocals, their compositions, their lyrics. I think all the members, despite them changing up members, are all blend together and create music very, very well. And ever since I did MC on them, I've had them in my rotation, especially with the track Ghoul. I absolutely love it. I also believe they do Screamo tastefully when they do do it, because there are several tracks they'll add that in. And for me, I'm hit or miss on it, but Brideer does every aspect of that very, very well. And with that, I guess I'll continue on to my new artist of the years, with the runner-up being the lovely Music Corner alum. How do me now? She is a vocalist that I absolutely did love, and would be a little bit higher on here just if she had released a tad bit more, just a tad bit more, and it probably would have gave my new artist of the year a runner-up for the money here. But with the small sample size that we got right now, I can't put in faith my new artist of the year that can't be beat and that would be Ryung Kyung. Now she was the absolute breakout star for me for 2021. She brought that unique taste of a very soul writer and you know just continues to evolve with various genres such as jazz and hip-hop and soul and she sure has a way to make it work and you know Something that really worked for me is just how much of an emotional fail Young Hung was going through in a lot of her tracks. And like what I said before, a lot of her composition works and her collab works absolutely are 100% the bangers of some of the things I've... It's some of the best work I've heard all throughout the pandemic era. And nothing can really deny that. It would be really difficult to not mention her as my new artist of the year. 
with that, let's continue on to our Artist of the Year. So, Gray, why don't you go take ahead and tell us who is your Artist of the Year? Yeah, and yeah, uh, uh, yeah I... It's one of those things where I didn't have a runner up. I when you know, when it came time to do artist of the year, I just I knew in my mind who it was gonna be. And I I I didn't I when I picked them, I didn't realize I did this, but it's the same artist I had for last year too. So that is Dice and I I I gotta say, like like Dice has just had a phenomenal year as a whole and just to be a fan of these guys right now i am i'm telling you i am living high on the hog it this is like one of like the best years i think they've had in a while so good so many releases and all all of them really good um you had their uh album six which was really good uh, that dropped i think in january of this year so you know it's like we're starting off the gate boom you know you have um six which is just a fantastic album and it's kind of like a sixth sense sort of thing uh then you know you had their release of lights and bubble love and uh you know those were really good songs on the whole i really really loved those and then you know it got revealed that they would be doing the opening theme for common writer and and like as anyone who listens to this show knows, I'm a huge Common Rider fan. So you know when you find out your favorite boy groups doing one of your favorite TV shows, it's just a match made in heaven. And I I've been, I, and when I heard Live Devil for the first time, I just loved it. I, I just is fantastic song. I, I loved it to absolute death. I, and oh man, had they released Live Devil in, uh, you know, like it only dropped within the past week. So if it had been released a lot earlier, it would have been on my top five. I promise you that. Uh, I just, I love Live Devil. It's so good. It's such a great song. But an- another song that just blew my socks off is uh, they did the main theme for the uh, Kamen Rider Beyond Generations movie, which is the current movie that just came out in Japan. Uh, celebrating their 50th anniversary and the the theme of that song uh, the theme of that movie is called promise and that song is wonderful i absolutely love that song and honestly promise is actually the style of music i've been asking for more of from this group very vocal heavy really leaning into their vocals in, in a really meaningful manner because I, I know these guys have the chops and I know they can do it and and they really delivered with Promise like Promise is so good like I haven't watched a frame of the, the movie I mean I really want to see it but I haven't watched a frame of it so I don't have I don't my love of the song is not attached to that movie at all like this song is absolutely fantastic and I love it I love it so much I, it blew my mind the first time I heard it and just they have had one heck of a year and when when it came time for the artist of the year i i did not think twice who it would be and i'm i'm sorry i double dipped but i really loved the year that dice had i thought it was fantastic and they are my number one artist to listen to this year i absolutely love them and they really have killed it all year long and I am I am hyped going into 2022 for these guys. They kill it every time they are handed the mic and I cannot wait to see what they do next. I'm not surprised you picked Dice. Again, 
I'm not surprised because I know you've been on, going on and on about them for this past year, couple years. Well, I, I try to be consistent. <laughs> I don't succeed, but I try to be consistent. <laughs> All right. I guess with that, I I can jump into my artist of the year. However, I have a runner up. So I'll start with my runner up for that. So my runner up was Yayoi Diamond. Due to the fact that one, in my opinion, she's had a pretty solid year. And two, I dived into her way more than I expected this year. And I last year I started getting into her music and I really liked a lot of her songs. But this year I went back and listened to her whole discography. And I even bought the only physical album she has, Work, Lo- Work Hard, Love Hard. And that gained me way more respect for all her music and going back and listening to everything she became in very heavy rotation on my playlist this is also thanks to my best friend being absolutely obsessed with her and it kind of drew me into the obsession this year as well so she became a big part of my music most of her songs are in all my current playlists and i love all the releases she's done so but with that my actual artist of the year, which being honest, it, I would say it could be flip-flop, but at this point, how much I've listened to my artist of the year, Yayoi has a little bit of a ways to go. It is Cream, which is big surprise right there because that they have been heavily on my rotation throughout this year. And last year, they were also in my rotation, but this year, I went back and listen to all their discography again from the beginning and I got very into them and I went not only did I go back through I went back album by album nitpicked every little thing and as a whole I I really enjoyed all their music and yes I have certain songs I absolutely love I have songs by them I don't care for but the majority of my listening has been them And not only due to songs like Banana, because that's still probably my most played song on my on iTunes, but Change, Wonderland, Playboy, Girl Like Me, their No Filter album was probably my most played album by them besides their Love and Party and Change uh, Sounds Good album. And I mean, they they're a fantastic duo from writing and composing all their songs. Stax T has a knack for composition and writing, and I feel like he is a big part of it. And Minami does, too. Listening to her stories, a lot of things that are that have happened to her are incorporated in their songs like Playboy. That is something learning about cream and the duo she had something very similar happen to her and it was interesting hearing that song and after listening to some of their stories and experiences in life how they've incorporated that into their music starts to resonate with you even more and i love their compositions i always think they they know how they follow the hip-hop scene and they're also interchanging because if you listen to when they first started out and you got their song Kissing Flipside, and then you listen to later on, I love hearing that progression in their music and how their early stuff was more R&B based. Now it's switched more hip hop 
ADM. And it's just amazing going back through. And I've listened, I forgot how many hours of them this year. I think I'm up to like 10 hours or more. And they're they're on every playlist. They've gotten me through the day. They've gotten me through dishes, through chores. And they are a fun duo to listen to. I honestly think they've been putting out some fantastic songs. Lovey Dovey and Chupa Chops and Bestie are the three new ones they released this year. And they've all been major hits for me. And I am just grateful they're on here this year and that I discovered them. And... I, I'm going to continue to listen to them. Yeah, no, I wasn't really surprised that you picked Cream as your artist of the year. <laughs> Just because of how much you absolutely love them. And I, I'm glad that you were able to pick them. <laughs> I am too, because I, I become obsessed. And now my goal is to get all their physical albums. Which, you can't buy them all outside Japan. So I'm going to have to do some Amazon Japan shopping and drop shipping. But yeah, with that, let's move on to my artist of the year. I do have a um, a runner-up, but it's more of like an afterthought, to be honest. So originally when I had made my artist of the year, I already kind of pegged it all the way back in, I want to say, July. So I already had either Syrup, who is my runner-up, or my artist of the year, Tendre, pegged as artist of the... As the, the, you know, the front runners of my artists of the year. I was leaning on Syrup because Syrup had a wonderful first half of the year. And with the release of his album and things like that. However, since the release of his album, he only released one single. And that was it. That was it. And it really disheartened me because I was looking forward to hearing a lot more tracks done by Syrup throughout the year. While Tendre, he kind of had a slow year in the beginning, but ever since being picked up in April by Emmy Records, he, you know, really was going to town with release after release. And, you know, Tendre as my artist of the year, that wouldn't have been surprising. And there's not much I can say that I haven't said beforehand and like prior Ungakugos and things like that. But I guess I shall reiterate that I was really afraid of his signing with Emmy Records, to be honest, because his style, while not bad per se, it's very different, difficult to garner a, a, an audience for. And, you know, say what you will, if you're not going to sell well, studio tampering could happen. It, 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 we've seen it happen in the past with several artists. And... To my surprise, Tendre's style was still there, it, and it didn't really skip a beat. And while his major label debut was probably the biggest thing for him this year, it was also what he did behind the scenes as a composer and producer proved enough for me that he was going to be my artist of the year in 2021. I'm definitely not surprised, because I knew how much you loved Tendre, and I'm really happy you got to pick him. Yeah, when I saw your artist of the year, I was I was like, I, I guess I can see Ken picking him. I I know he's a he's one of the guys that you're you're really a big fan of. So I'm glad you picked him, bud. Yeah, and I think he's the only one that I haven't seen live. Him and Syrup are the only ones that I haven't seen live yet. So 
there's that. <laughs> but with that, I want to say thank you for trucking on to us with this nearly three hour epic. By the time this all cuts out, it'll probably be close to three hours. But you can find us on all social media platforms at Onkakuryu on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow our affiliates, Kuryu Hunter, who is a retro Twitch streamer. You can follow him at twitch.tv slash Kuryu Hunter, K-Y-O-R-Y-U-H-U-N-T-E-R. You can also follow our affiliate, Timbertaf, who it, who had just released his pretty much dissertation about Deltarune for the first two chapters. You can check it out at twitch.tv slash Timbertaf, T-I-M-B-E-R-T-A-F-T. You can also check out your sister, Luna Rose, who's probably really excited about all the Final Fantasy XIV stuff that is being released. You can check her out at twitch.tv slash RainstarKitty, R-A-I-N-S-T-A-R-K-I-T-T-Y. You can also check out our affiliate, Fangirl Has No Name, who is a budding author. And once again, I can't wait to do the the audible version of her book. You can check her out at twitch.tv slash Fangirl Has No Name, F-A-N-G-I-R-L-H-A-S-N-O-N-A-M-E. You can also check out the podcast that I do with Lou, Timber, and Fangirl Cod Podasaurus. This week one was our our year-end roundup for our game of the years and stuff like that and we talked about topics about how toby fox is a national treasure for the gaming industry how timber taff is probably not going to do another hour-long dissertation like he did with uh, deltarune and what is considered niche in the gaming industry you can check that out by looking up curry hunter on all podcast streaming services you can follow me on Twitter at OTYKen1, where I talk about Bang Dream, I know about Roboco Hair Robo, and all the lovely stuff like that. Where can we find you, Gray? You can find me on Twitter at OngakaGray, where I tweet about what I'm watching, what I'm playing, all that fun jazz. So if you're interested in what I'm up to, just follow me there. And where can we find you, Luna? You can find me on several of the social medias, such as Twitter, my anime list, Kitsu Anime Planet, and Letterboxd as LunaMaria87. And on Instagram is Nerdy Collector Luna, where I, I tweet about or talk about what I'm watching, what I'm listening to, what I purchased, and you can see photos of my cute cats. But yeah, I want to say thank you very much for listening to this extra long episode of Ongakudu. It'll be another extra long episode next week as we break down this year's Kohaku. So be on the lookout for that, and we'll see you guys next week. Aloha. Bye-bye. This is Luna. Thank you so much for listening to today's extra, extra long episode. Hope you enjoyed your time. We will see you next week with our Kohaku Jamatane. And this is great. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Hope everyone has a wonderful new year and we'll be right back here next time. Bye bye. <laughs>